Bellissimo, bellissimo. Next time, try softer, ok? But why, my darling Pierre, why? Walt, Walt, hey, move that microphone 45 degrees, ok? That one, near to ok? Avera, no, 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 no. Hey, amigo, it's not Manuel, it's Manny. Manny Torres, ok? Hello and welcome to this very special edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. We are in the heat of fixy season, boys. I got a lot done, a tremendous amount of done. I'm checking things off the board. Feels good, you know? Uh, how about you guys? Have you had made a bunch of progress? Uh, I actually have. Uh, last couple of days, I've been able to get a couple movies. I think I did three or four in the last two days. So, yeah, get, getting through it, checking them that's off great. the list. That's great. Well, <coughs> one, one film that's been on our must-see list for quite a while is... Damien Chavelle, Ch- Chavelle, <laughs> Damien Chazelle's Babylon, starring Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt, and that's the movie we're going to review today, gentlemen. Um, and here's my question: I was reading, I think I was reading the New York Times review of this film after I had screened it, mm-hmm. and this film hasn't been getting great reviews and one of the, or I should say middling reviews, the different polarizing reviews polarizing, yeah I think so Um, and and one of the things the reviewer pointed out, I forget which one it was was that Chazelle doesn't really capture the magic of films from this era He, he gets, he seems to be more interested in the drugs the partying the sort of um as we say outside the frame elements without a true appreciation for what hollywood was like uh what they were producing that is back 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 at that point and i'm not really interested in like if you guys agree with that or not but more like I, i found that an interesting analysis of i know we you know we we all go into a film and we try to be as open-minded I think to what the director is doing. And I think obviously uh, Chazelle is more, if that's the case, if he's more interested in that, um, then we try to go with it. And, but did you guys, do you guys have an issue with that? I mean, like if this is a movie about the exploits of Hollywood outside the frame, can you go along with that? Do you guys agree with that? Is this? Is this is I this don't some... really understand why that matters. Why does it right, matter I agree, that, I agree. that he's not interested in the, you know, I mean, I would <laughs> agree with it, but that's not really the story he's telling. I mean, it, it, he seems more interested in, in <clears throat> copying Scorsese and Paul Thomas Anderson than he does in uh, yeah, well, trying to your hat at tr- early. Tr- trying to do 1920s silent films. Um, I, I think a lot of people have interpreted this film as a love letter to cinema or about about movies and uh, in the way that some other movies have captured that sort of transition from talkies in the or some sort of sort of so I'm sorry sort of silent films in the 1920s into talkies into the 30s they've captured better the sort of what was really appealing about that time which is the heart of movies which is the, the great cinema that was produced at that time. Lee, you're shaking your head. You seem angry. No, no, no. I'm thinking. I, I'm. I'm trying to because <clears throat> there is a 
aspect of this movie, the third act in particular, or the final act, um, I don't even know if it would be the third act, maybe even like the final couple scenes of this movie where it is clear that Chazelle has strong feelings about movie history and what has happened to movies over the year and where they're over the years and where movies are going. So I, I sort of understand the idea of questioning whether or not he made a a movie entirely about the, his love of cinema history. But at the same time, I, I, I agree with Jeremy in the sense that like, that's not really what the majority of this movie is about. I think Chazelle is trying to weave a lot of ideas into this. And one of those is that, you know, movies are, are magical and they will, they will outlive us. Um, I don't think it re- I don't think we need necessarily like this <clears throat> beautiful picturesque painting of what film production was like back then. No, to I don't achieve think that. I don't think that's exactly what they were saying. And I don't want to misrepresent it, but um, I mean, like take Mank, for example, which I think is a film. I, I feel like just the way that film was made you know, the sort of the style of it, the sound of it. I feel like that movie may have addressed this issue a little more clearly than, than, um, Babylon, but let's move on. Bad. Yeah. I question. mean, there's a, there's an extended scene in this movie that is, that shows kind of the making of the movies back then. And well, it's, it's I don't clear. know that that was a c- accurate representation of what it was like. I, you know, I'd love to talk more about that scene, but, Again, I don't know that that totally matters. I mean, I think it's really clear that he cares about film and that he's a film historian and he loves movies and the all the craziness that goes into what that is. But um I don't think it's it, it, saying it's like a love letter is I don't know. It's like, is it a love letter? This doesn't sound that... I don't think it is. This doesn't sound that intriguing of a love letter to to cinema. Um, <clears throat> it's, a, it's an admiration for what the final product, I guess, maybe entails. But and some people there's... have suggested it's a death warrant in the sense that, like, right. he's showing that movies... The, there was this whole thing when Babylon, f- like, first got announced that it was, like, being uh, pitched as the last movie that would ever be made. Because it's like, look at how we've killed cinema. And I don't know that, that this movie comes across that way at all. And I don't know if they, Chazelle would even stand by that little tagline anymore. But I think he is lamenting a little bit of the like purity that may have been lost in filmmaking. I don't but know. Where was the purity that he, he never showed purity? There's no purity a, in this. I don't mean film purity as in like goodness. No, I, I think uh, I mean like the rawness and like the, you know what? Like he shows a clip of avatar at the end, which is, we talked two weeks ago about how that's just, that's filmmaking, but an entirely new and different kind of filmmaking. And I'm not sure how that clip represents his feelings. Maybe we can unpack that later, but um, I don't think this is a love letter to cinema. I think it's clear throughout that he loves cinema and cinema history, but it feels, it feels very simple to say that. Yeah, I agree. But I also think like, as disjointed as our review has been so far, it kind of sums up the disjointed nature of this movie. Well, 
Go go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot to like about it. There's a lot of scenes that are like fantastic, but I ultimately didn't know what he was trying to get across in this film. And he he sort of went balls to the wall, which made this movie feel a bit bloated and self-indulgent and like unlikable a lot of times and did you like that that's how i came away from it It, it, to points where like there's certain scenes that i'm just like rolling my eyes at and i'm like what are what are we doing here like are they are are we doing this scene because he thinks it's just going to be cool or are you doing this scene because it serves the story in any way shape or form um well i had a sports analogy to describe how i what what i thought of this movie and chazelle here very simple one chazelle's up to bat it's the ninth inning down by one right two outs pitch comes and he just takes a massive massive home run swing but he doesn't hit the ball no launches it bounces off the top of the wall for like a triple I'm hesitant to say I loved this movie, but I really, really, really liked it. That's interesting. And I think it, like, in a couple areas, just missed the, like, stick in the landing. But I I don't totally disagree that it's indulgent and, like, chaotic, and maybe even at times it's hard to find the thread, but I didn't find it bloated. I, I thought it was actually pretty well structured. I thought each of like kind of our three key characters kind of cross paths just enough <laughs> and their stories, their rises and falls worked really nicely in conjunction with each other. So, yeah, I mean, I was on board with it pretty much start to finish. Yeah. Look, there's some really <clears throat> amazing filmmaking in this film, but I think ultimately it failed. Um, God, we and are, I just say now, you guys are wrong again. And well, I'm, I, well, you don't I, I know Jeremy's opinion. I do. Jeremy um, and, didn't like and, it. And look like <clears throat> Lee. Have some water, okay? Why? Because you keep clearing your throat, babes. Well, I've got a cold. You, I'm on the pod. It's the best I can do. All right. So, but you guys know, I just don't. I don't really like Margot Robbie or ba- Brad Pitt. I know. And and I don't know why. Ca- Margot Robbie is ca- so good in this. She's not. Oh I, she's God. not. So and neither is Brad Pitt. And by and with all, I, I felt this movie was like these beautiful set pieces, the party at the beginning, the like the, the you know it has this energy and and uh, it's not just the musical elements; those are obviously very good. This is obviously something he's really into. He has he's a balletic filmmaker in that way. But and and, and even the scene you described, Lee, where we're we're seeing how movies were made back then with the crying and the directing, and I thought that was great. But these characters, you just you never you never get close to them. You never feel what? any affection for them because uh, they're not you are because they're so not very wrong. good. I, I, I don't think it's. I mean, I agree with you, Chayden, but I don't think it's it's Pitt or uh, I, I didn't Margot love Robbie in this movie. I will fault. I will give you that, but I think Robbie was a s- stud in this movie. Yeah, but I don't think there like this movie kept any sort of feelings you had towards her or or any of the characters, Manny or 
you know, Brad Pitt's character. They, they, they're very surface level, and and oh, maybe no. she's the closest that, um, maybe she's the closest that you get. But then there's scenes like the one where she is at the the hoity-toity party, and it just turns into like that scene from Bridesmaid with the the row up, and like there's a like I I just it just felt very. <sighs> The tone fell off. I don't think this tone ever shifted at any point. Like that, he knew exactly what oh, he wanted. This movie shifted. What are you talking about? This was just like a romp from start to finish. You like, don't think the whole thing with Brad Pitt's character at the end and his decline and like that whole thing was a different tonal feeling than? I mean, but it was the earned. Beginning? Like it was totally earned. Like you see, you see the rise and fall of all of these characters in like a very you you. you in a very pejorative sense compared his work to Scorsese and PTA, which is obviously influenced by, but in the same way that Boogie Nights and Goodfellas rise and fall works, this movie works. No, and I'm not necessarily to relax. I'm not putting it on the same pedestal yet, <laughs> but this is a really accomplished movie that I think he had a full handle on, had a, essentially a blank check to make it and do whatever he wanted. And, and like fucking shot his load. And I think, Everybody was going 110 miles an hour, and it worked. I mean, I didn't love Brad Pitt's performance in this, but I he was sort of my least favorite and the least interesting character. But I, Chapin, you are, your preconceived opinions about Margot Robbie are are you know fogging your judgment here because no, no, this was I, an outstanding. I want, performance. I want to like her, and 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 very much a sort of like uh, fucking. Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant. It's it's like a physical ballsy stretch. It's like a big. It's a big ask for her. And like, but I but think she, it works. I like just you don't see... relate to her at all. And like she doesn't. Every time I see her acting, I just like this is somebody who's acting. And I don't know if it's like the accent or what. I just don't. I just always feel like there's just something keeping me from connecting with her. Well, I did not feel that. I don't know how we can. What, what is her character like in this movie? What is her character like? Well, who is she? What, what well, do you know and, about her? What do you like about her? Like what? What do you? What she, do you relate to? Like she's who, a, is, she's an ambitious she's an ambitious fuck up. Like this is a character that's worked for a century and is based on a real person. Not that this totally matters, but is based on a real person that right. you know started in the silent era and went into the talkies and was a fuck up. And like ruined her career and then died at a young age because of it. And there's a lot of, I think, people in this movie that are, are you know, supposed to be real people. It doesn't matter who they are, but right. it's representing this era in film. <clears throat> and I think like there's, there are few, like, there are few simplicities in film as likable as the ambitious fuck up. Like, that is a very uh, arguably safe character to, you know, anchor your movie to. And he does with her, and I think it works so well. And look, she is <clears throat> she's giving everything in this movie, and that can be... That can go either way, but it for me, it worked. For me, 110% it worked. Can we talk about two scenes in particular that I really really loved sure. and 
<clears throat> and I'm surprised I didn't like this movie more because it is about the industry I work in and just the insane insaneness of it. Obviously, it's at a whole other level here, but there is a lot of that, like, why you come out of it going, why would anyone, why would anyone want to work in this crazy and industry? Like, there's like some, you know, there's some like allegorical things to it also, but like at the beginning of this movie, and I'll let you get to your scenes, Jeremy, but the beginning of this movie, Manny, who's played by Diego Calva, <clears throat> is, is, on our is essentially like working for a, a movie producer is essentially a PA what we'd call a PA now you know maybe even lower than that and he's on an errand to get an elephant for a film shoot and this elephant fucking shits all over him a lot of shitting and barking and but like tell me you are not like been there like <laughs> not literally shit on by an elephant but like whatever the real life version of that is we've experienced as production assistants yeah um in in that same sort of theme uh there the two scenes i was just floored by were the scene where they were they were they were cutting between the two movies between margot robbie and brad pitts and they were losing light and manny has <laughs> to course, go get a camera with and, spike jones <laughs> with spike jones is this crazy german director and like I, 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 that scene I thought was absolutely brilliant. And then the other one was the scene where uh, Margot Robbie has to do her first actual lines and everything that has to do with like sound and her missing her mark and oh, yeah, yeah, going yeah. over it again and going over it again and the frustrations yes. of that. <laughs> the guy uh, dies. Yeah. I, they, I thought that was brilliant. It but really like, sort of encompasses what we're But see, I think that's with. what this movie is. And like, I don't know, but there's that. But there's also the fucking Tobey Maguire end yeah, of it. That's just I, like, I struggled with that. that you know, so like, there's, you, there's where there's, this movie missed being the home run for me is like that That scene just, first of all, I don't know. I just don't like Tobey Maguire. I don't think he's a good actor. I don't yeah, think but, he fits uh, any role just, ever. It doesn't need to go that far. It doesn't need to go that far. It doesn't need to go as far as the 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 scene where she fights a rattlesnake and gets bit and has to out like all I that stuff that. does not need to happen in this movie i like those scenes like i those two i just mentioned i wish that was the movie i wish that sort of stuff was the movie but this movie just has <laughs> to like crank it to 11 for some reason and i think it misses when it does that hmm I don't know. I think that's just what this movie is. This whole movie's at 11. Like, almost the being at 11 the whole time is what allows it to earn the quieter moments rather than the other way around or something. I mean, it starts at 11, for sure. But not... Even that party was just at certain points, you're just like, all right, cut this scene down, and, like, let's let's have a semblance of, of something here. Chapin? Yeah... I don't know, man. I just didn't care. I mean, there there was such a rich foundation for what to do with Brad Pitt's character, like this this silent movie star not making it in the talkies. And what do they what do, do with that? Mi- what is what, it? What is what missing they for do you? With that? What's missing for you though? Like you see, I, I don't know. I want to care about these people. I didn't give a How shit. How do you not about care? He was like. He has this scene where he's like literally watching a movie that he knows sucked and he's watching the audience laugh at his line delivery. And like this is the beginning of the end for him and he doesn't want to admit it. And you have like a really, really excellent scene 
with Gene Smart where she explains to them like, yeah, your time's done, but you know, I like you that are, scene a lot, you are one it, of the few few people who are lucky enough yeah, to you like, didn't think it was a too have your legacy nose. live live on. To- oh, totally overwritten. And I just I don't I can't connect to Brad Pitt. But that, that's think it's your Brad problem, Pitt's. Jacob. I don't think it's Brad Pitt's. It's not my fault, problem. Though. It is. He's, How can you say good. you have it? You I didn't love him in this either, but you have admitted over the past few years that you like Brad Pitt now. Older Brad Pitt has been is a, is good. And this is not his best work, and I don't think it's his best written character, and I think it's the least interesting between him, uh, Nellie Leroy, and Manny. And but you can't just say you don't like Brad Pitt, so you didn't like his story. I like Brad Pitt, but I didn't like his story. I mean, I didn't mind his story. I just, I, I think I just... Brad Pitt is a, is a is a is a is a difficult actor to connect with. He may be a good performer. I think he's really good in uh, Moneyball, for example. And you connect to, but, but he's always got this. He's always got this. Like he's someone who his his like he's a Moneyball's. His most convincing acting job ever. Right, but if they brought a little bit of that energy to this film, I don't know what he's doing in this. He's like he's doing a little too much. Like, wink, wink. I'm Brad Pitt. I'm playing a movie star. Yeah, I think that's movie. there. I think that's there, and that doesn't totally work. I don't can know, guys. Talk, um, can um, we talk about the cinematography though? Brilliant, I thought. Brilliant, so good, so good. I mean, the way they move the camera. Lena, just, was this like, Lena Sangren? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> um, great score as well, Justin Hurwitz, which I thought was interesting because it was very reminiscent of the La La Land score, which is also good regardless of how you feel about that movie. I'm, I, I don't love it, but I'm probably highest on it among the three of us. And this movie feels in some ways, and I've, this is not totally an original idea, although it occurred to me that it's a little bit of a response from Chazelle to La La Land. Like, upping the ante on his own work because he is he's working kind of in the same stratosphere in terms of his story and the characters and such um so i think it's interesting that he you know has i mean it's the same composer but a similar score you know a similar like you have these like love stories that aren't gonna work out and i don't know i thought that was interesting to see him go after the same thing but crank it up this time (laughs) Do you think Hollywood thinks of itself as more important than it really is? Is that a serious question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course they do. But this this is just another example of that. Like that Chazelle thinks it thinks that? Yeah, I think so. Why? Do you think he thinks I this think, movie is more important than it actually is? No, I think he thinks movies are life and death and everything. Yeah, I mean... I, I think if you put it like that, it doesn't sound totally right. I mean, I think... Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's fair to say that Chazelle, his first love is movies. And, you know, this... Or music, maybe. Yeah, there's a lot of jazz in this movie. He does love, he does love his jazz scenes. Um, and that's the other character we haven't even talked about, is, um, is the jazz player which yes. what was his name what was that actor's name <laughs> you're sort laughing Chapin, a... but what is it 
sort of a overlooked character, but I thought that trumpet stuff was fucking great. Is it Jovan Adepo? Is that him? Yes. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so, so well done, all that <clears throat> stuff. But just again, all these pieces, it's just well. So that that could have been a movie on its own, and it ended yes. up being kind of the fourth, I guess, fifth wheel here. Um, and there's some really like <laughs> compelling, heartbreaking scenes. There's a scene where he's forced by by Manny, who is a Mexican immigrant. To, and he's a black jazz musician playing with a black right. band on camera, but the spotlight is on him, so they need him to paint him, his face black so the audience doesn't think he's white because he looks paler than the rest of the band. And that's, of course, a, a pivotal turning point for that character. And again, I think you know it's a, um, it's a it's a, another glimpse at things that were going on in this time period. I. There's a part of me that was like that if that that didn't need to be there, but it being there made me want more of it. So it was one of those like yeah, it's hard to ignore. But blackface. Um, <laughs> it's hard to ignore blackface. No, it's oh, God. What are you so mad about, Chapin? Because you're because you're wrong about this movie and you and you're and you're not. I'm not you're wrong. Not, this is this is a really my, great movie. It's not. It it's is. Not. And it's going to be on a fixie list. I'm telling you it's right now. Ultimately well, a yours. failure. Why do you say it's ultimately a failure? Because you guys, there's no heart. You have, there's you no heart to have, this movie. There's I, no. I totally disagree. There's I, a. There's I, I a. Agree. There's a glimmer of Chazelle being the heart of this movie, which we've talked about before. Which is like it's not. It's not the character, but it's like the. It's like the the vision of the directors that becomes the anchor emotionally for the film. And there's a little bit of that there, and I find I see it a lot in the in his scenes, and he's he's got these great scenes. That blackface scene is is one of them. The all the trumpet playing is so beautiful. Um, all the, the, the those edited scenes, but there's just there's no there's no heart consistently through the movie, and it's filled with these people that you just don't care about. I see that I think is the biggest pivot point here. Like I did. When Brad Pitt killed himself, did you give a shit? It wasn't so much about him killing himself. I Thank think you. what that represented that was I think that was an important aspect of the movie. I also didn't believe it. I didn't believe that right, char- like exactly. I didn't believe that character would do it. I I just didn't I didn't care enough to to get to that point. Right. And I'm not going to I'm not going to die on the Brad Pitt storyline hill with this movie. But it's just an I, example. But sure, it's like it's but, just it's it's I think it's like I I think I think Pitt and Robbie is a poison pill to this film. They I mean, collectively I, ruined it for me. I may not have ever disagreed with you more than I do about Margot Robbie in this movie. Jeremy. I didn't mind her in this movie. I, I liked her, but I, I think it's the same thing that we just discussed with, with not believing Brad Pitt's character. I didn't, I didn't think the, the heart was there and the writing was there to redeem her character or not even redeem redeems the wrong word just to invest in an emotional state with her character and i never got there and i never cared so i don't think it was on her necessarily i think she gave it her all and she gave a good performance but this whole movie just because of the way it's disjointed nature and the way it you know went went in every direction i i couldn't get i couldn't follow her there with with that japen's still shaking his head no i mean i yeah look i i 
it's just it's interesting because I have the same problem with both these actors that I that uh, you know in other movies like the the two of them suffer for the same reason and they both are you know I think they both have a lot of prestige I think they both do a lot with that prestige um, but I think she's really good in I Tanya I I don't I don't love her in that but I this is so funny because I knew I knew this about you with these two actors. Chapin and I I've never really felt this way about either one of them now neither one of them has ever been my favorites and I don't think they're even among the best in their generations necessarily but you know especially Pitt like he's in so many good movies and he's good in them absolutely can you ever get past that he's Brad Pitt I mean Moneyball for sure and, Absolutely, I completely agree with you there. And I think, the pro- but I and I think you might be onto something other than that. And I think filmmakers are also aware of that and take it, and at least try to take advantage of it. Like I'm it's sure. played, it's played sort of like subversively in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where he's not the star, he's the stuntman. Um, here, you clearly have him cast intentionally as this movie star. <laughs> um, and I, I agree, it does not always work, and it is hard to to look past it, and that. There are a lot of actors like that that, you know, struggle with that and aren't quite as able to lose themselves in the in the performance I, as they should I be. Ag- so I'm not I, I'm not disagreeing with you there, and I don't disagree with you about him in this. I think his storyline worked for me better, but it has nothing to do with his performance. Margaret Margot Robbie, on the other hand, I don't know where you get it totally. Like we first saw her in Wolf of Wall Street, which I also think she's great in. I think I think she's that's the only time I thought she was really good. What else are you criticizing her for? I, Tanya? Didn't like her in I, Tanya. Don't like her in this. <coughs> There's two. You two have been spending too much time together. You both have the same cold. Yeah, we're both, we're both yeah, uh, we've been banging. a little bit sick. Yeah, It's going around, Chapin. <coughs> um, I don't know, Chapin. I, I, I'm, well, I don't, think, say, like, I don't I, think you have the, the, the evidence to support your Margot Robbie argument. I mean, I can't tell you that. Oh, I didn't you love need her. to like her, but yeah, I think she's. And I like her. Great. Like, I the weird thing is, is I liked I like her in interviews. You know, I liked her. I like her personality um, a lot. I don't like Brad Pitt's at all. Um, but uh, let's see. I'll tell you what else she's been in that I haven't liked. <laughs> I don't don't like her in the Big Short. I know she's only in it for a small. Oh come on! Time. What? Who gives a shit? But does it really matter what you... <laughs> you liked her in Bombshell. I know you did. What you didn't like about... like? Oh, I didn't it, like her in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Actually, I didn't like her in that either. But, yeah, well, I, I mean, just take movie. all that out and pretend you didn't even know who she was and this is the first performance of hers. Do you still... Well, you, I, I, Lee, Lee asked for evidence. I, I'm, I've been talking about this performance the whole time. I mean, yeah. that's fine. I, I don't know what to, to, what to tell you. So, it was interesting how this movie was full of obviously Wolf of Wall Street alumni and then a bunch of Leo's friends. Right. It had yeah, right. Toby. It had Toby Maguire. It had, um, uh, I can know. I can never remember this guy's name, but yeah, I think I only works talking. because he's, uh, friends with <laughs> Leo Lucas, Lucas Haas. Yeah. Um, and then Look, it had, no, he, he was in, uh, he was in witness. He's the kid in witness. I know he was, but, but he like also a his lot character, as an adult. Exactly. His character could have been erased from this movie and 
it wouldn't matter yeah, at all. Like they, they he, he he kills himself. Yeah, and, and the news is delivered. You're like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, knew, like, I knew who was it was, but so that was I, but, oh. that was a that was a moment. If you guys want to want me to throw you a bone here, there was a moment where I was like, Pitts out of his element a little bit here because I was not buying his sorrow. Thank you. Um, right. Okay, that that far from proves any point he's you made about this movie. The movie. No, he's not. He's like the third lead. If anyone, the the um Diego Calva is the star of the movie. Right, and that tacked on love story at the end that began and ended in about ten minutes. Yeah, that didn't work. I told you the <coughs> final act you. of this movie didn't totally work for me, including the scene when he's watching Sing in the Rain in the movie theater, and then we get this like haywire collection so what, of clips what is it what were your guys's thoughts about that that was so strange because i just we had just done the avatar podcast and then there was this clip from the yeah, movie from, from in avatar. another movie um i mean yeah. obviously it's it's commentary on where film is where it's going where it was but i don't think it was necessary Definitely. i don't, I don't, I, don't necessary. I don't know that i understood it maybe i'm an idiot obviously leaping <clears> i'm an idiot well i mean i have been a little dubious of your opinions the last three podcasts but yeah this is three in a row where it's been chapin and i versus and I, you know what we're gonna get to the fixies and my <laughs> list is gonna have the correct movies and you guys are gonna have like avatar is... and glass onion and bullshit like that glass onion number one <laughs> brad pitt best actor <laughs> yeah we're all over the place kind of like uh babylon yeah, but it's, okay, but that's the thing is Babylon was not all over the place. It was. It, it was. was. I, look, it was pretty well some, structured. There's some virtuoso filmmaking in this. Yeah, and I, for I, sure. I, I was so. And you guys should so, nominate the shit out of Damien Chazelle. Maybe, maybe, but like, <laughs> if we're in a world where a director can get nominated without the film being nominated on a five to versus ten list, hey, maybe this he he would definitely he would definitely. Make it, but like, also, who do you chalk up the? Do you, do you blame it on the screenplay, which he also wrote? I mean, what do you do? I, I'm not blaming anything. I liked this movie. I, yeah, I well. would, I would definitely <laughs> blame more on the the screenplay than the direction. I thought the direction was great. Again, the cinematography was amazing. I mean, I can't imagine this doesn't win the Fixie for best cinematography. Um, the direction was really good. There were certain scenes, like we said, that are that I want to watch those scenes again and again. I just thought they were brilliant. Um, it, it definitely gave off a cool vibe and a mood that, like, but then he just had to, not only did he have to, like, have his commentary on films itself, he had to, like, you know, uh, replicate some of his favorite films for some reason like i i, I swear that, like the toby mcguire whole thing was like a a more intense or insane i should say not intense insane version of the uh scene in boogie nights where they go with uh what's his name molina alfred yeah. molina yes. and they go That's in his very, house. other people have made that comparison too like it's just it's just him i don't know it's just like between that and and what he's saying with his love of movies and what movies are and all, like it just it it didn't seem to work. Well, we're we're pretty consistent with <laughs> the response of this movie because 
you know, you look at Metacritic and it's 100, 100, 91, 75, and then you jump to 42, 25, 25. So it's like it has been a very polarizing response. And everything that I've heard is that people either love it or hate it. Um, so we're sticking with that pattern. Um, I'm just trying to go through here and seeing if there's anything else that we. I, I didn't hate it. I don't want to. I don't want you to think that. Certainly sounds I, like I, you did. I just think that there's all these really wonderful elements in the film, like we've discussed, and I think there's like a real great, a really great movie in here, but it's buttressed by these two poor performances, and or I shouldn't say that these You're two pushing. like these two performances that aren't up to supporting this movie. And I don't know how you can say that about Robbie's performance. It is like a hundred percent in line with it. I don't, I agree. I disagree. When I saw her didn't care when Pitt killed himself, didn't care that she died at 34. Didn't care. I mean, I cared about Manny, even though he like seemed to fall in love with her on a whim at the end there. Um, but Which yes, also there's didn't so didn't make sense. Didn't make sense. And there's also just so much, movie here and it's a lot it's a lot to hold up and there's a there's a big filmmaker here and you know in the movies that we just talked about where that you were accusing Chazelle of stealing from Jeremy there's just two pretty fucking legendary directors and they're smart enough to always cast people who can hold up their hold up their (laughs) movies well I I mean, I'm not even I saying he's that, stealing from them. I mean, he is. I mean, but it's I, I would, I would, are, he's, he's influenced and in, sure. in taking from them. I'm not saying stealing as in a negative <clears> way because I don't mind that. But I don't think it. I don't think he necessarily needed that scene from Boogie Nights in his movie here. Like, I didn't need. He didn't need that. Like, he didn't need that. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, Boogie, Boogie Nights is a ripoff of Goodfellas. If we want to play this game. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. I don't have a. Yeah, I don't have a problem with him being influenced by these great movies. I just think he, because he was so concentrating on doing that, that it took away from the story that we were Man, I we were watching. I feel like I watched a different movie. Like I, I, I saw that as like taking those influences and making him making this movie his I, own, and like the story works. And I totally agree. I totally agree with that. And I, I again, I don't, I don't know what to say about the Robbie performance. Like again, it's not good. I think it, I think she was good. I think the writing is what hurt it. I think the writing's fine maybe, in this movie too. Maybe I, it's the I character. Know. I just did not care for that character. Did not care about that character one bit. I mean, I don't one know what to bit. say. I don't know what to tell you. You should have. All right, let's um, move on to the categories. I think. Um. So, anybody you'd want to have a drink with in this movie? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> anybody you'd like to do some coke with? Definitely not Toby McGuire. Uh, don't yeah, want to yeah. be anywhere near that. I mean, guy. I think it's I think it's Nelly Nelly Leroy's. The uh, I think I think uh, I think Brad Pitt's more my speed. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would agree, Brad. Okay, um, Thalberg maybe. No. <laughs> Best Pitching acting moment. <clears throat> Oof. I mean, I like mm-hmm. I really liked the scene when Margot Robbie is crying in the, in her first appearance. Um, and also what interesting casting where she, she sort of takes the role from Samara weaving, who is like always in compared to her as like her doppelganger. 
Yeah, they look just like each other. Oh, <laughs> that was an interesting choice. Um, Jeremy's location corner. Uh, well, this it, must have been a this must have been a delight to work on. This must have been a nightmare. Uh, it's interesting because you you have to like find Los Angeles before Los Angeles became Los Angeles, right? Um, you have to, it's like back it when it was all so farmland. Cool. Yeah, it, it, it look, does look really cool. And, uh, I think that's, that's gotta be a challenge for sure. Um, that sort of stood out to me also. Like, I can't imagine how annoying, uh, that first party scene would have been to shoot. Like if that was a real how mansion, many days just think that how many to days shoot? that took. Yeah, exactly. Finding Brad Pitt's, uh, <laughs> mansion, which was beautiful, but like. It's it's gotta be tough. You think some of that yeah. might have been, like some of those exteriors might have just been like facades that they built, right? It had to maybe, be. but but uh, yeah, the, those like big mansions where there's nothing around it is. I I bet it. they built the uh, the mansion they had the party scene in. They are just there way too long. That camera is moving everywhere. I feel like oh yeah, they'd want to rig it and set like build it so they could rig the camera the way they want it. Yeah, and go through through walls or whatever like I, I i bet they built that um all right japen um, about aside from me liking this movie no i'm not grumpy about that you're allowed your opinion um well i was a little pissed off when you guys were ganging up on me because i'm simply trying to make the podcast sound good for our listeners i don't think that's what happened should we discuss that Maybe not. <clears throat> I think the argument was that you should just cut some things out of the podcast so the listeners don't know that you are making good. Although I think that's I, why you leave it in there. I think it's funny. It's funny and fun, but evidently Sarah disagrees. So, but that's why she created this category. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was all leading to this moment when you'd be grumpy at her. Yeah, so there we go, sir. You made the <laughs> full circle. You made the category. All right, cinematic jerk off moment. Oh man, man. there's a lot of those. It's a yeah. lot. I think the opening party shot, just the, just the like the shots, just the, the yeah, the little camera, camera moving around. Fucking place. <clears throat> I love it. I mean, look like that, that and Boogie Nights and all these movies we love, especially, you know, from not not Chazelle is sort of already arrived um but i don't know you could argue that maybe he like took a step backwards with first man just in terms of that movie's um legacy but you know this is how filmmakers like make their name they they open their movies with scenes like this i think and they're like pay attention to me i'm i'm here i'm one of the best at doing this and like that whether or not you like it like that's what they're doing yeah and you have to at least admire it. I mean, you think about you think about Boogie Nights and that opening shot. That's all one take, and he's like, "Yeah, like you're not going to cut anything out of my movie this time because it's all going to be a opening scene is going to be all one take." Uh, I have to nominate that that scene I was talking about earlier, the making of the the silent films. That I mean, that is almost the quintessential. You cinematic. mean the talkie film? The no, first talkie one. No, no, the oh, the one when they had like 
five different movies and like yeah one going farm. on at once i yeah, loved it and back and forth and he saw the sets like the just like moving the camera through both and i was literally why i'm like is I, this what it was like is that how they did it i don't like it, feel like that's it they had the orchestra on set with them yeah. and all like all that like that is like being quintessential sort of cinematic jerk off yeah it was so cool um all right um best design moment is another one we have on here and again like you have a lot here that that opening scene is so well designed that the scene we just talked about um i mean the production design in this movie obviously along with the cinematography is stunning yeah i mean you have to give that to the 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 opening party scene I, i don't know how they did it to be honest okay so uh we already talked about how we've all been watching some stuff so what have we been watching I watched the menu last night. Okay, what do you oh, think? That just came out. Yeah, yeah. A so lot of hype. A lot. A lot of like built building up to sort of at the so end. So that's how I felt. Like that movie was so good until you knew what was going on. Well, don't tell me. I'm, I'm but gonna what watch was it going soon. on? I don't think anything was going on. Well, it, what you never, find, it never really like it never what really you find out at the end. Like what the purpose of everybody being there is. Like once you find that out, it sort of loses. But its you know deal. that halfway through the movie. <laughs> Not halfway. It's a little later than that. I don't think so. You can argue about that too, Lee, if you want. I, I look. I, I the first thing I did after I saw it was take it off the must see list. Yeah. I, I liked it, but it was far from great. I mean, that's like one of those movies that you watch and you're like, oh, this is fine. Um. Well, I really like Anya Taylor Joy, and I, lo- I I really enjoyed looking at her. Yeah, well, um, she's really good in that too. She's I very. Like, she's I, so... I really like Nicholas Holt. I yeah, he's, he's a little not... wasted in it. Like, yeah, he's a little wasted. I th- I also thought um, Hong Chow was amazing in it. Like, I liked her a lot. Ray Fiennes, who I love, was great, but I feel like if you just let him do his English accent, like, would have been just that much better. Yeah. Um, I watched. Uh, I watched uh, Barbarian, which I think now all of us have seen. Oh, all right, I've seen. Yep. Yeah. Um, what do you I, think of that? <clears throat> it was a cute little horror movie, I guess. Mm. You know, not nothing like staggering. Um, I, I liked it. I was surprised. I, I enjoyed it. I, I liked the the sort lost, of turn. Lost me at the end. Um, but well, most was, horror, most horror movies. Lee, do. I have a question for you. Yeah, you have sl- you have watched White Noise, and you have not taken it off the must see list. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So I will say I was really enjoying it, and I won't tell you guys too much. But I was really enjoying it. Um, for the first like hour and a half or so, um, I did feel like maybe it's I started it started to lose me at the end. However, not to bring this podcast down but at about the 90 minute mark of the movie was when um uh damar hamlin in the monday night football game was injured and my Mm. mind totally went elsewhere so i had the movie on and i was like trying to following that news um so i i'm sort of tempted to go back and watch like the last 45 minutes again but um i did not take it off because i think there are definitely i think it's a hundred percent a movie we should review um and hmm. I was that was going to be the next one I watched. I started it last night, but then I I, I, I was too tired. Um, I also watched well, the Str- Stranger. 
What's that? Oh, I saw that. I thought maybe you checked it off. I got it got checked off by accident. No, it seemed interesting to me. I like both those actors, and I was like, oh, maybe this might be. It's on Netflix, and uh, you know, it's uh, definitely not a a must see for the fixies. Should I? Is it a not a priority or a skip? It's not a priority. It's not a skip. It's not terrible, but um, I was hoping for the little. <laughs> I mean, it's like a detective sort of. Yeah, it had a decent. um, Like, I love that sort of stuff, like murder mystery detectives, you know, but. Hard boiled guys. Yeah. Um, I watched Argentina 1985. That's not really a priority. Um, (laughs) That's such a boring title. What a boring title. It's a a courtroom drama, like 100% courtroom drama, but a real, real story that is very interesting, but played totally safe and just never. Never really elevates. Um, all right, guys. Um, I had this idea to discuss the upcoming year. Yeah, right. Let's do it. So I have a I have a top ten list. <laughs> all right. So let's draft this. We're gonna draft our most anticipated movies of 2023, and then we're gonna hang on to these lists because come fixie time next year, the ninth annual fixies, we'll see which which of our picks. Um, get nominated, and we'll have a we'll have a winner of this, which is always good. So, provided provided the world is still around and yeah, we're well, alive, just, we're always going to assume that it is, and then you know, let let bygones be bygones when that when that happens. Um, all right. So how, how do we, we pick who, first, yeah. second, third pick? How do well, we do hosted. Um, so um, my most oh, so is it my most or is it the one that I think is going to be stolen? You can do whatever, whatever yeah. order you, whatever uh, strategy you want, I suppose. Once okay, you well, pick I'm gonna it, steal we can't the pick killer. it. I'm going to take oh, the killer. Wow. Oh, I'm actually surprised. Directed by Sir David. David Fincher. Fincher. Yeah. Well, then um, I'm still still no release date on that coming to Netflix though. So hopefully, hopefully soon. So I'm going to take what I thought Chapin was going to do, and I'm going to take Oppenheimer. Fuck. Okay, and then yeah. So I said I think there's three obvious ones. So, so you're like killers, killers of the Flower Moon, which also has no release date still. Um, from Martin Scorsese on Apple TV Plus. So yeah, those three. I mean, for me, I don't know. Do we all agree those are the top three? Yeah, those are my top three. Oppenheimer one, Killer two, <clears throat> Killers three. <laughs> all right, so I am going to. On the turn, I'm going to take Napoleon, which is Ridley Scott and Joaquin Phoenix teaming up for the first time since Gladiator, also an Apple TV movie um, with no re- money. with no release date. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, I think that just has the best chance to be incredible of the remaining movies uh chapin you're up no you're up jeremy oh i am great uh that's good for me then i'm gonna go with poor things oh shit i thought i could wait another round for that lanthimos i'm always going to be interested in the the newest lanthimos movie so who's in that because it's another period piece uh let's see um so that has no release date either so that has emma stone again Margaret Qualley, Willem Dafoe, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Abbott. Um, so good cast. 
Um, also teaming up again with Tony McNam- um, McNamara on the screenplay. <coughs> who wrote The Favorite and, of course, um, The Great on Hulu. Great. Chapin. Sorry, I just lost internet again. What was the last pick? Poor Things. What's that? That's Lanthimos' movie. Oh. That was a Jeremy pick? A predictable Jeremy yeah. pick? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Didn't know about that. And where is it going to air? In uh, theaters, I think. Oh, Emma fucking Stone. Why? Good cast, though. Okay. Um... <laughs> We just had this conversation. <laughs> Dune 2. Uh, Damn it. I'm running out of movies of, already. I should have done that instead of Napoleon. That was stupid. All right, Chapin, you got another pick. All right. Well, this is going to be my predictable pick. Um, Ferrari, directed by Michael uh, Mann. That was going to be my next one. So I heard a rumor that this may be 2024. Um, yeah, you know it might but be. It's but it's also I've also heard, but it's shot. It's done. Yeah, I think they're yeah. done making it. So we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, that's another one. A movie from Michael Mann, guys. We could have that this year. Jeremy, leave it when I see it. Oh man, I thought I had like a big list, and they're like all gone. Um, I. Uh, hmm. Um, <clears throat> I hate to do this, but. Am I really going to do this? I think I have to go with uh, Mission Impossible. Yeah, that's a great pick. That was going to be my next pick. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Yeah, but this is for for Fixies. I don't know how... Yeah, but it's also... Fixies? I mean, it's our most anticipated, but Mission Impossible movies have been nominated for Fixies before. Yeah, by me. And Chapin. Um, you know, they were both horrible picks, but they've been nominated. <laughs> All right. Um, thinning out here as well. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with next goal wins. Mm. You guys familiar with this movie? No. Yes. Jeremy, we talked about it. So this is uh, directed, written and directed by Taiko Atiti. Um, Pass. it follows oh, the infamously did. terrible American Samoa soccer team known for a 2001 match they lost 31 to nothing um i heard about this movie a long time ago it's got will arnett michael fassbender elizabeth moss reese darby um i think it sounds like it could be a good time comes out in september um i'm relying on it i'm relying on the comedy working for this to not just be a dud okay my turn no it's jeremy's oh Um, I mean, I think this, I, I don't, I think it could have, it could either be really good and, and end up being a fixie nominee or just forgettable, but I'm going to go with Maestro, the Bradley Cooper's <clears throat> follow-up. Wait a minute. It was, did I just do one pick? Did I just do next goal wins? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so I had another one. No, I never had two. Yeah, but I get two. You don't get two. You have the but middle d- pick. I never get two. You don't get two in a row, no. Oh. It's a snake draft, Jeremy. Don't All I right. get two in a row? 
Yeah, and you did. You no, said Dune and Ferrari. Okay. So I was not going to take Maestro, but let me let's go back to me. Um, <laughs> um <clears throat> prick. God, Chapin, you're angry. Tempted to go with Knock at the Cabin, although I don't have real high hopes for it. <clears throat> I like M. Night Shyamalan. Um, I'm going to go with the, the Zone of Interest. I don't know anything about this other than it's directed by Jonathan Glazer, and that intrigues me. It's about mm -hmm. a Nazi officer falling in love with a woman um, in Auschwitz. Uplifting. Sounds we good. He wrote it, too. Interesting. All right, and then Jeremy went with Maestro. Chapin, you're up with two picks. Uh, my two picks would be Bo is Afraid. That's a good one. Which is the new Ari Aster film starring Joaquin Phoenix. Hmm. And then Indiana Jones and the Dial of <laughs> Destiny. With your phone. I don't know. The, I thought the trailer looked really good. It um, did. It looked way more like... I mean, the last one was so bad, but... That's so bad. I have hopes for James Mangold. Uh, you know, I know we all liked F Ford vs. Ferrari. Um, so I'm excited to see what he brings to Indiana Jones. And that's all I... Everything I have on my list has been selected. All right. That's not a bad list. The Killer, Dune 2, Ferrari, Bo is Afraid, and Indiana Jones. Yeah. So I right, did... Jeremy. I did see some lists that have this on it, but I don't think there's going to be two Scorsese movies coming out. So I don't think Roosevelt comes out this year, right? Let's no. just say no. <laughs> no. It was, on, enough, it was on two enough, lists. There's not enough cash in the United States to make both of those movies at once. All right. <laughs> well, I was trying to steal one there if it did uh, count. But uh, I'm going to go with Air Jordan. I'm curious about this, too. I, I mean... Ben Affleck as a director, we've always, you know, he, he's pretty good, um, you know, hits and misses, but yep. it stars uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Jason Bateman, and uh, follows the history of a shoe salesman and how he led Nike in its pursuit of the greatest athlete in the history of sports. So I think it could be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this movie. Um, <clears throat> all right, well, Jeremy, I think one of my... Uh, my last pick could be one of these two. It could be Boston Strangler. I thought about that, that, that picking a movie I worked on. But I think I'm going to go with Challengers. Really? Oh, another um, movie I worked on. I, I think, you know, I know you uh, like the director of Boston Strangler, but I, I don't know. I'm sorry, but I think Guadagnino's got a little more weight than Matt Ruskin at this point in their yeah, careers. That's so fair. I'm going to go with Challengers. From Luca Guadagnino, starring Zendaya. Interesting. I don't think it's going to end up being good. <clears throat> um, all well, right. I so, still haven't seen Bones and All, so we still haven't seen Guadagnino's movie from this year. So that's true. I'm, I'm uh, leaning on my anticipation for that more than its actual quality. I don't. I don't hate my list. Um, yeah. So here's our list: Chapin, The Killer, Dune Two, Ferrari, Bo is Afraid, and Indiana Jones. Jeremy, Oppenheimer. Poor Thing, Mission Impossible 5, <coughs> Maestro in Air Jordan, and then I have Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Next Goal Wins, Zone of Interest, and Challengers. Hmm. I feel like my list is the weak link. 
Yeah, I agree. Damn it. Just like your opinion on Babylon. You guys are you guys are just I don't know what movies you've been watching lately. All right, Chapin. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Get Your Film Fixed podcast. As always, we are oh, I was wondering who Ben Affleck was playing. He's playing Phil Knight. That's cool. As always, we are um Available twenty four seventh three sixty five. Available at any time. For your movie recommendations, um, Jeremy and Lee. Hopefully, you get bad, get better soon, because this coughing is driving me crazy. Um, oh I am, I have gotten better. This is the the better end of it. Good. We all take a little bit better care of ourselves. We'll probably stay healthy through the new year, all the way to fixie season. Uh, and for you, our beloved listeners, please send us a voice memo for the fixies let us know what you liked what did you love just any opinions you had about films this year um gotten a lot so far which is great that's great that's great so i guess we could stop asking um well, it's always good to get more okay um let us know you know maybe Jer- maybe lee you know lee obviously famously underestimated james cameron and now that film is doing extremely well so wait a minute well how did i underestimate james cameron didn't like Avatar two. I I did like Avatar. I did like Avatar two. You know what I've you know what I've uh, started to do is forget about it. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you next time. I don't like this narrative. It's, it's a three star movie that's going to make a ton of money. And I was right about what I said. That he said it needs to make as much as the last one to not be a failure.